This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amial Saleh and Hany Balkis. Happy Thursday, everyone. I hope you're all having a fantastic afternoon. It is amazing. You know, whenever Thursday rolls around, I feel like everyone just has a big sigh of relief. But this day, this Thursday is also an exciting one because on Sunday, Hani returns back. So Future Talk team is going to be reunited once again. You're listening to Future Talk. This is the one and only place where we bring you the latest in robotics, artificial intelligence, gadgets and applications. All that you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE and around the world is being brought to you right here on Pulse95. Lots and lots is in store on today's show. We're talking all about Mac users because those of you who have went ahead and bought the brand new MacBook Pros and those brand new MacBook Pros actually come with the brand new M1 chip where Apple actually started manufacturing it and a lot of users have been reporting screensaver takeover bugs. What are all those about? We're going to be giving you all those details in just a few moments. But if you've been planning on buying a new electric vehicle, I would suggest you wait a little bit because there are new electric vehicles that can actually charge up in just five minutes. This by far makes the argument of getting an electric vehicle just so much better because many people were against bringing one or buying one due to how long it takes to charge it up and also how little of outlets you can find when you're out and about. Today's show is also an exciting one because we are going to be talking all about Apple's iOS updates and we have a specialist, an Apple development specialist and an iOS architect that will be joining us. He has a lot of experience in creating iOS updates, so he's going to be giving us the insights on how iOS software updates tend to work, the Bluetooth tracking that we found uh, launched for COVID-19 on the iOS 14. How can iPhones actually communicate with Androids to find out exactly who has COVID-19 and who doesn't, but also Will vaccine digital passports become a reality and how would they actually work if they are going to become a reality on the iOS updates? If you've been wondering about widgets, we're also going to be talking about those. So if you have any questions for Taimur Ejman, who is the Apple development specialist and the iOS architect, make sure you send them in at 4215-DO-IT-SALAT or sign into RDMs at Pulse95 Radio. But keep Pulse95 locked because we have lots in store on today's show. Pulse95 Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE and around the world. Today is a very Apple heavy day because we're talking all about the brand new M1 Mac chips and also Mac users because many users have been reporting that they are facing some struggles with their Apple MacBook Pros. More specifically, it's all about the screensaver because there's a screensaver takeover bug that has been annoying a lot of users. Uh, Everyone who has owned a MacBook Pro that has the M1 chip, they've absolutely been loving it so far. It's really speedy, which is a big advantage, but also the battery is fantastic. However, there is one nagging issue that many users have been reporting recently, and it's the fact that... A random screen screensaver will actually suddenly take over the entire computer, despite the fact that some users actually do not use any screensavers whatsoever. 
But more frustratingly is the fact that these screensavers actually render the laptop to be inoperable. So the laptop would just freeze, you can't use it until you completely close the laptop itself and reopen it once again. And it's not just one user that's been reporting it, it's a big amount of users and this is exactly why a lot of uh, people have been reaching out to Apple asking for some form of solution. Now we've seen similar issues uh, happening with the MacBook Airs, the MacBook Pros, the MacBook Minis and Apple support forums have been helpful, but not as helpful as they could be. One user has even said that they've seen the bug on their 16-inch MacBook Pro, which has an Intel chip. So perhaps this is not just a problem with the M1 chips, but rather with the entire Mac OS Big Sur. We do know that every time Apple launches a brand new MacBook update or an app or an iPhone update, there are some bugs that lie within it that tend to be fixed with the next or the upcoming update. Many people have been reporting this issue and uh, Apple is definitely working on a solution. One user did find something helpful on Apple's support forums where he was able to disable something called the fast user switching. You can actually find it on your settings and this way they were not able to see the screensaver that's been taking over a lot of people's uh, laptops and this is perhaps one workaround that you could find helpful until Apple goes ahead and addresses this bug. Let us know your thoughts. Do you have a MacBook Pro that has the M1 chip and have you been facing such an issue or have you been one of those minority who does have a MacBook Pro with the Intel chips yet still found the issue uh, found on your screensavers? Let's move on to talk a little bit about electric vehicles because if Hany were here we would have the argument of are electric vehicles worth it or are they just a hassle? And for many people, including myself, I do find it a little bit of a hassle, especially because outlets for charging electric vehicles are slowly increasing, but they're not as many as you would find with petrol stations. But also charging an electric vehicle back in the day, up until today, except a few minorities, is time consuming. You know, it takes a while and if you're out and about, if you want to go on a road trip, you do not have that time to sit down and charge your electric vehicle in between stops. But one company is actually finding a solution for this because they have created an electric vehicle that can charge in just five minutes. So this could potentially make refueling an electric vehicle just as fat, just as fast as refueling a car at a petrol station. Now, the company behind this invention did say that this is one step forward to making everyone own an electric vehicle pretty soon. The lithium ion samples that make up this battery are actually created in China and they have been used as a demonstration in a two-wheeled scooter. So they were very successful in those scooters and this is exactly why many companies have been thinking of of including such rapid charging batteries in electric vehicles. Now this could definitely help users get over that charging anxiety. I'm one of those people, if I find my petrol level dropping even under half by a little bit, I will immediately start thinking, oh, I need to, you know, recharge my recharge, refuel my car immediately because I don't mind getting lost on the roads, <laughs> but I do mind getting lost on the roads and running low on petrol. So for those who do struggle with charging anxiety with their electric vehicles, this will definitely deem to be helpful. Now, batteries typically don't charge this quickly. And this is exactly why they're currently running more testing to see if they can change the charging infrastructure to make sure that it would be charging in just five minutes. A big 
concern with this is the degradation of the battery. We all know batteries start out to be strong, but then over time, the health kind of drops. And this is even possible and you can find it on your iPhones. If you were to go ahead and check out battery health, you would see that when you first buy a phone, it would be, let's say, 100% or 99%. And then over time, it would start to drop. And this is definitely true with electric vehicles as well. But finding such a new form of battery that can charge in just five minutes is a huge positive to the electric vehicle industry. It will make rapid charging on the go a lot more convenient. And it will also reduce this huge barrier that we tend to find of adopting electric vehicle. Recently, we've seen people who own electric vehicles become the minority and those who have uh, petrol vehicles or vehicles that charge with the normal gas stations uh, a lot more and this is exactly why such benefits will take some time to come on stream but they're definitely leading pretty fast let us know your thoughts would you consider getting an electric vehicle if the battery can charge in under five minutes and if there were more outlets out there on the road our text lines are open for 215 do it this a lot or sign into our dms at pulse 95 radio i want to hear from you because personally this definitely lured me into considering getting an electric vehicle coming up on the show very interesting conversation with an apple development specialist and an ios architect taimur ajman who's going to be telling us all about iOS software updates, the latest one of them all being the iOS 14.3 Bluetooth tracking for COVID-19. We've taught, we've seen Apple talk about it. We've seen Google talk about it. How beneficial is it? But also, will vaccine digital passports become a reality on a new iOS updates? Lots and lots is in store on the show, so make sure you keep Pulse95 locked and we'll be right back. Pulse95 Pulse95 all around. What's worth a click and download? Today's guest is a very interesting one because we're constantly talking on the show all about iOS updates, new applications that are available. But today we have an expert to talk about it on the show. Now, iOS 14 definitely was a very interesting update. A lot of people created so much commotion around it, especially because of the widgets. It gave everyone a chance to be creative with how they wanted their iPhones to look like. But today we're going to be talking about all the insights of iOS 14.3. And joining us is the Apple Development Specialist and iOS Architect Taimur Ajmal, who has honestly already been giving me so much knowledge about these iOS software updates and why so many people tend to struggle with some bugs. Thank you so much for joining us today, Taimur. Thank you so much. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, it's been great. Yeah. Uh, Taimur, can you talk to us a little bit about the iOS 14.3? It's been launched for quite some time now, but many people tend to be a little bit oblivious on the updates that it brings. You know, they would go ahead and update their phone, but not really play around with it. So, yeah, every time Apple launches an update, they, they do give uh, like a, a program for the users, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so it says that when, when there is when they are not charging you anything, then you are the product, right? Mm. So actually, it's they, they, they have very extensive testing process in their company, right? And then it rolls out to the to the users, which are we call the beta testing users. Mm -hmm. So you actually have the like facility to download it before it goes live, before it goes commercial or public. Mm -hmm. So the users have the chance that they can download the new update and they can test it, which is called the beta testing program. But there is actually a catch around it that 
since it's called beta and it's not alpha then there is a possibility that it can have bugs issues mm. or we engineers used to call it that it's not a bug it's a feature you know <laughs> i mean but that that's something that it it would happen and it would continue to happen because that this is the main reason and that's why they do roll out they want to test it in large numbers right even like large corporate companies are doing it like i remember there's a company called beam uh, which was later uh, acquired by mastercard they used to do it and even other companies used to do it like they want to test their features on a large consumer base so mm-hmm. that they can actually go get the like more of feel like more you know data and they they can do the decisions so uh, like i i wouldn't say like it's a bit skeptical but it's more like a kind of advice that you should you should not jump and you should not be very hasty when mm. there is a new update you know because there's always a chance that the like the way that you have mentioned that the people do get issues and then they go on the communities online and they on the blogs and they just you know they complain start complaining that no oh, this so is much commotion. wrong my, my wifi is true yeah yeah this is uh, so it's it's better to uh, like read about it mm-hmm. and people i am sure people don't read the i accept the agreements terms and conditions i mean they're anti stemor uh, how could you expect people to go ahead and read them but we should i mean granted we should yeah yeah and i mean it's more like a, a, i would say a, a calculated risk yeah. that that you should take uh, especially for the, the the large updates you know that the, the major mega updates so 14, 14.3 is is a minor one mm. 14 itself was was a major release which they roll out in june every year in june they roll it out and then uh, they gave us 3 months so, so that particularly was launched for the companies right mm-hmm. so that, that's so that the companies can test their products and then uh, make sure everything runs perfect and apple engineers keep on fixing the issues bug enhancements during that time mm-hmm. uh, but but i would love to mention you know the is 14 was one of the major major release when it comes to the user interfaces right mm-hmm. apple for the last 10 years you can never ever customize your home screens android for example you could have a customized home screens you can have the widgets and apple used to be you know like they used to call themselves as the trendsetter that what we do we are the best i mean mm. i mean like this is how we work and we don't follow anyone else people companies should follow us but this time they they actually got got out of the comfort zone and they launched something which was not like i would say the apple way of doing it uh and as usual they always launch when they are like 100% confident and fully you know uh like the, the alpha versions for everything they don't launch the half baked products in the market uh so the apple clips the widgets um and you name it you know like they if you have seen that they have more uh, given control and power to the user like you used to see the full screen calls notification True. or other yeah yeah and android launched it like ages ago but apple wanted to make sure that uh, these It's kind perfect. of you know alerts and notification yeah the user has the power to control it instead of the operating system you know the os can like control you 100% um, so yeah as i mentioned yeah and it's it's interesting that you mentioned this because we do see that with android a lot of the times they they don't mind rele- releasing you know a half finished product it may have a lot of bugs it may have a lot of issues but they do put it out of the, on the market and then over time they start adjusting it but with apple they make sure that it's all perfect before they release it to everyone to go ahead and use it even if they're a little late yeah. <laughs> Yeah yeah you you are absolutely right and 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 that's why uh, 
like if if you compare the iOS user with the Android iOS users uh, in terms are like more more confident i mean mm-hmm. they they are not like uh, very hasty you know to to get get to the features themselves but whatever they get it's actually the the, the fully tested alpha version of every product mm-hmm. both the hardware and the software uh if you might remember there was a major major issue in one of the note versions in which the battery was exploding it yeah. was like it's note note 7 or 8 something apple would never do that like mm. i mean this is this is like uh, a suicidal attempt you know that <laughs> that you launch something which could actually explode i mean so the half big product is something but it's actually rolling out in the market without even proper testing according to the standards of the company right true um uh, but obviously there is actually a buffer and and there's a very thin line between a beta version and like not re- ready to release something which is not mm. according to the standard right so you you do your extensive test everything you are ready to roll it out to your users customers right which have trust which actually have built the reputation and trust on your the, the platforms over the years and then you have that particular area of a buffer where you could ask your users to use it so that they could enhance it and mm. get the data but th- there is something very interesting that after the gdrfa thing mm. um, the, the the apple users can actually opt in to share the data right so mm. they, they actually ask you when you install the beta versions that would you be willing to share it with the developers Or which not. means that the apple itself yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean giving more power empowering the users uh making sure of the data and especially after uh, apple had an issue with facebook recently hmm. with all this the uh, you know the the whatsapp signal thing which is a bit off the topic but that that was actually the thing where apple is empowering the users yeah. that are you willing that, that now nobody can share even as big as facebook cannot access your data they need so the privacy permission. was a major True, true. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And this is exactly why a lot of people actually do enjoy using Apple and their products because they do respect the user's privacy as well as uh, they give power back to the user. Coming up on the show, we're going to be talking all about the battery drain issue that a lot of people actually faced whenever they downloaded the brand new iOS update, as well as talking about the Bluetooth tracking for COVID-19 on iOS. How does it work and is it as beneficial as a lot of people think it is? If you have any questions for Mr. Taimur Ajmal, make sure you send them in at 4215 Do It Us A Lot or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. You're listening to Pulse95. 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 Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Now that COVID-19 vaccines are rolling out in the UAE and around the world, a lot of people are dreaming of the day when they can travel, shop, go to the movies without necessarily having to worry about COVID-19. But in order for us to resume traveling in a normal manner, a lot of people are thinking that they may need something like a digital passport or an immunity paper that would showcase that they are immune to COVID-19, that they've received the vaccine, or at the very least that they do not have the COVID-19 virus. Paperwork may sound beneficial, but with time, you may lose a paper, you may misplace it. And this is exactly why a lot of companies are actually considering a vaccine passport application. Will Apple be one of the 
first people to run that race and create one. We're talking today to the Apple Development Specialist and the iOS architect, Taimur Ajmal, who will tell us a little bit more about what are vaccine digital passports and whether or not they will be a reality on iOS. Thank you so much for joining us today, Taimur. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, it's going great. Uh, Taimur, can you talk to us a little bit about the vaccine digital passports? Will they be a reality on iOS uh, devices? But also, when, how soon will they be a reality? So, uh, it's 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 more like a necessity and mandatory rather than a facility or mm. a layer mm. leverage, right? So, the like there are a lot of companies which I know personally who are actually developing such products. Uh, in partnership with with these big giants, uh, and people would have come across the articles from Microsoft, Oracle, uh, even others. I wouldn't say Google and Apple because, uh, in my experience, Google and Apple doesn't do them it themselves, right? So they would partner up with a big healthcare company, with a big data company, you know, uh, and but they have the technology so people can leverage. So the first thing they did was the contact tracing feature, right? So where the, the, your devices ac- across the platforms, right? Regardless of what platform you use, even the others, right? Like maybe the big C from Samsung or um, Microsoft, which is now a bit obsolete, but mm-hmm. they, they can actually communicate to each other and they can make sure that if you have come across with someone who have might have been you know infected with COVID, but this particular thing about the, the, the immune digital passport, mm. uh, which I would say that it's more uh, n- not related to COVID itself because they are coming up with an idea. It's not an idea. In fact, it, it, it is actually in uh, talks. So there are companies here which are backed by a strong local partners mm-hmm. um, and who, who are developing something on those lines where, where you could actually be ensured that you are healthy enough to mm-hmm. enter a country. You are healthy enough to travel so the airlines would keep it a mandatory right mm. but but there should be a global standard right so a global regulatory authority needs to approve something which is being agreed and trusted upon all the major bodies right so let's say you want to enter gcc countries or european union or you know the other other such countries where where they they want a particular verification from you approved by a global authority Mm -hmm. so but but the technology is there right so the technology itself that you have you have been vaccinated from something which is approved Mm -hmm. and it has to be verified digitally right Mm. and obviously uh, i mean there was like a buzzword for a long time blockchain technology but what i know exactly that they they would secure because the one of the biggest issue is your your healthcare data that's very very sensitive and everyone would be so much you know, conscious and obviously very skeptical about like who would own the data. So nobody would own the data. It would be like obviously secured by all these cryptography techniques, like the way that you, the companies do secure your data. But at the same time, it would be secured using what, what we call a, like, you know, a central data, which is which is not owned by anyone. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 the whole concept of around what blockchain is. Um, so, and I would like want to, you know, I mean, from your show that, that that's it, this is something that uh, we should all, uh, I mean, request people that there is no conspiracy th- the theories around it. This yeah. is this would be the new norm. This would uh, this would be like the way that people would use to live life, right? True. I mean, you have to make sure that you are 
uh, like healthy enough but you also are healthy in terms of the the verification digitally right exactly Someone because it's good to get the vaccine let's say or it's good to make sure that you did the pcr test and that you're negative but you how do you ensure that other people know that as well you know and a lot of people sometimes are confused about the concept of having a digital passport so you know they're wondering is it going to be like an application or is it going to be a certified paperwork that they would have to show so in your opinion what would the digital passport look like sure so when we call it digital then there is no paper right so it's paperless because when we include the papers then it kills the whole purpose of being digital yeah so uh so the it would be embedded so they are going to secure it uh, using qr codes uh, uh, you know and other ways of uh, embedding or hiding your data mm-hmm. so your qr code is your identity which has all the information and it it can be you know that the way that we have our emirates id so it can be an rfid chip mm. uh, but the one project that i know of they are using qr codes mm. which could actually have the whole data about your health mm. and also like have you been vaccinated from a global regulatory body mm. uh, and it can be verified from others uh, but definitely it's not going to be papers anymore so your current passport wouldn't be changed it's not like going to stamp or anything <laughs> right uh, it's more like how you are you know being digitally verified uh, using an application obviously but that's where it would be secure yeah 100% coming up on the show we're going to be talking a little bit about something something that you touched upon Taimur which is the bluetooth tracking for covid-19 many people hear about you know using the platform let's say there are many apps right here in the UAE one of them being Al-Husun that can track exactly who you've come into contact with and whether or not this poses a threat on your health but many people don't understand how it works so we're going to be revealing that in just a few moments as well as touching on uh, the battery drain issues that many people tend to face with brand new iOS updates. If you have any questions for Mr. Taimur Ajman, make sure you send them in at 4215 or sign into our DMs at Pulse95 Radio. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. Pulse95 Pulse95 Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? iOS 14 was one of the most major updates that Apple has ever come out with. It gave users the strength to go ahead and and the power as well to go ahead and redesign the entire home screen. But it also brought into its attention the COVID-19 pandemic because the iOS 14 had an exposure notification setting, which is basically a contact tracing system that has been built in collaboration with Apple to try and put an end to the spread of COVID-19. It is based on Bluetooth tracking and a lot of people have had many questions on how it works, how is it efficient, does it actually even you know, provide us with protection against COVID-19. Joining us today is Apple Development Specialist and iOS Architect Taimur Ajman who has definitely been giving us a quick crash course on how iOS updates work. Thank you so much for joining us once again Taimur. Can you talk to us a little bit about the Bluetooth tracking for COVID-19? A lot of people are kind of astonished by the concept. How is Bluetooth making a return with a new technology? And how is it helping with finding out who has COVID-19 and making sure people kind of avoid the area where there are so many COVID-19 patients? So yeah, uh, this is something which is which is actually being a very concerning for the users. And they have had reservations 
especially with all the 5G, you know, myths around it. Like, um, so, and this this was one of the concerns even for like the tech community itself, right? Mm. The engineers, because uh, the, being associated with the Apple technology for the past 10 years, I am very, very sure about this, that Apple doesn't want to talk to anybody else, right? Yeah. Apple wants to talk to their own devices, <laughs> their own, you know, siblings and cousins. Like I, I'm referring to the, the device Apple ecosystem, right? So yes. Apple can connect to a Mac and watch and you know uh, other devices, but uh, especially when it comes to Bluetooth. So the, the technology, I would like just give you a bit context. It's not new. It's been there for the past two decades, right? So the, there's a global body which had developed a particular uh, you know bandwidth hmm. and frequency where the devices can communicate. So you can share any kind of data, like pictures. Uh, contacts, you know, a voice, anything that you want to share between two different devices, right? It can be a laptop, desktop, phone. So uh, when they, these companies had actually formed a consortium to combat this pandemic. So they came up with this and and one of the biggest challenge was that how to control it, right? So God forbid, if someone is infected, how to make sure that the other person and we, is not infected and if if he gets it how we can break the chain you know True. so the, the whole concept was about in, about breaking the chain itself and how the, we can trace it and we can track it so they uh, came up with this and the, the thing that i've been reading and i have few friends in those companies that they actually made, made a consortium where they the companies have worked together on this particular project right mm. that they so you, if somebody is infected, obviously his whole data is on the cloud, right? So yes. your your healthcare company, your government, they, they know about you, right? So you mentioned about the Hussein application and their even DHN others, like the whole data, like how somebody is infected and like and their cases, right? So there are active cases, there are critical cases, and then they are you know they they have come out of it and got negative. So when when somebody is infected, mm. they, your device definitely transmits data, right? And they use that particular bandwidth to make sure that all the devices around in that vicinity gets to connect to that. Mm. And the data is being shared with the consent of the user, with other users. And then you can the, you can find the whole chain. You can track it. Like, so the person, if he has, go, if he has gone to the market or a school or or has gone to work, how many people does he come contact with? So the whole problem was that, like, yeah. and and then the whole six meter thing and the social distancing, they, how close were they when they with were actually person. interacting? Yeah, yeah. So it is, first of all, with the consent of the user. Yeah. So you have actually, and this is something you're doing it back to the, you're doing it for the community, right? You're, you're yeah. doing it for humanity, right? God forbid, if somebody's infected, he wants to make sure that it doesn't spread and it doesn't, nobody else gets sick for, from that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so your, your particular device has the data that you have had this virus and then um, it transmits it to the other devices. So if you have been, you know, come in contact with someone which is being tracked by your device yeah. using the Bluetooth channel because this is where the devices can communicate. Um, then they would advise you to isolate yourself and get a test, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say that there there are other, uh, like people would have been paying using their watches and their phones 
on the terminals, right? Which is yeah. the Apple Pay or the Google Pay, right? My favorite feature of Apple use... is Apple Pay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they use NFC for that, the near field yeah. communication. Uh, but near field communication has a has a very limited, uh, you know, distance, yeah. uh, and accuracy is much better than the Bluetooth. But it you have to be very close to the device. That's why you have you have to like, in fact, like put your phone on the terminal or the watch. True. Like you actually have to come very close. The Bluetooth has around 10 to 15 meters of uh, you know uh, bandwidth, like connectivity yeah. distance, uh, where it actually can track the data and actually can we would say that. Uh, it advertises like you can actually find out and search for a similar devices in those range. Uh, but when you cross the barrier, the threshold of six meters, mm-hmm. that's where this contact tracing feature it gets would activated. get an alert. Yeah, true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Taimur, a lot of people are, you know, on the edge of their seats waiting for new iOS updates. So in your opinion, whenever a new iOS update comes out or right before it does, a lot of people come out with rumors. How accurate are those rumors and why does Apple love its secrecy whenever it comes to whether it's like launching new gadgets or even launching new updates? So there's something I want to share and it's it's not a secret because I mean, <laughs> I, I have confirmed it from an engineer working at Apple itself yeah. that Apple actually has a secret cop force and they they have made it it's not like something that they would you know uh, like bully or <laughs> like harass the engineers or the employees around the apple com- campus the uh, it's 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 something they have done it for, for for their for their you know business secrets you know like how would they because it's it's very cutthroat competition you know yeah. like when the, when the companies are competing you you would see that the companies are uh, have very like a defined and a disciplined timeline over the next let's say five to ten years like what do do they have to launch and so and what are in the pipelines and then they go in the process right so they they do the patents so people would have seen those patents like apple is working on on glasses now foldable phones and yeah yeah you know and and samsung had already launched it so this has to be ensured from apple uh, that it like the, the data is not leaked, the business secrets, the features they are going to launch because they have to make the hype and they would lose the market share. They would lose, you know, that the major, major business share because everything is about marketing. Like as we discussed, like Apple is like brilliant, excellent when True. it comes to marketing their products. So, but at the same time, uh, the, all these companies you have mentioned, Mac Rumors, 95 Mac, I mean, like, I've been reading them for the for the past ten years, and they they are so right at times. Like eighty percent of the time, they, it's they, so they accurate. Predict. True, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they do have very strong contacts, and but at the same time, like it's actually more, you know, uh, uh, like a marketing a, scheme. I, say, I feel like rather true, than yeah, yeah, a very smart way of doing it that companies do want to make a hype. Mm. So they they feed them on purpose, you know, that they, they, they would feed the information, <laughs> which is actually true. But they would, you know, and you feed them through their agents or something. So it's a very interesting, you know, and, and a very, very, you know, I would say, uh, like a smart I mean, way of doing anticipating. it. True, true. Yeah, yeah. People, people are anticipating, you know, that what kind of features would they launch. And uh, but it, it is it, it is. In fact, I would say it's just the beginning innovations. And obviously the creativity is just has just started. You mentioned about the, the cars and the IoT. Yeah, it's, it's we are living in a very very exciting times, you know. Like they the, are. the technology itself, true, true, yeah, yeah. And so uh, we're definitely excited. 
for those uh, exciting times as well. Taymud Ajman, thank you so much for joining us today and giving us a quick crash course about iOS updates as well as everything Apple is uh, doing to its users. We're definitely having you on the show once again every time a new iOS update comes out. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, it's one of the best show, I would say, uh, on technology. <laughs> thank you yeah, so yeah. much. Thanks a lot, Omnia. Uh, to everyone tuning in to us right now, thank you so much for lending us you, your ears. We want to wish you a blessed afternoon. Make sure you keep Pulse95 locked because our shows will keep you entertained throughout the day. And make sure you head to Al Jada tomorrow because our very own Hannibal Qis as well as Abdul Karim Hanif will be there with lots of cash prizes for your entertainment. We want to wish you a blessed afternoon. Stay safe and we'll see you on Sunday. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.